Good morning, everybody. Welcome. I thought the tent would not be as popular today. It was 45 degrees when we got here to set up this morning. I was like, nobody's going to want to sit under the tent. They're all going to be in the sun. But some of you joined us. Thank you. For those of you out there, we love you. I hope you're enjoying the sunshine. And for those who are joining us from home or uh, from wherever you are on the feed, we thank you for, for being with us. I'm Ryan. Um, this is Living Waters. My wife, Kate, and I have a joy of leading this team in this incredible house. And um, so I'm going to jump right in today. Because we're here uh, to have lunch together. And uh, so, <laughs> I'm kidding, we're here for Jesus, come on. Uh, but that does look good over there, and every time I look this way, I see that, so I'm just going to preach this way. So I can, I can go a little bit longer. Um, so anyway, in a few minutes, we're going to be able to, to hang out together. We have some fun tables for you guys to set up or for you guys to check out. We'll tell you a little bit more about those. We'll have, have lunch together. But for, for this morning, we've got a couple exciting things that we want to do together while we have this time. And um, so we're going to jump into Acts, which is where we have been as a community. We've been journeying through Acts. And if you can see the TV, it says community of transformation. That's the, that's the theme that we have for, for our time through Acts. And I want to talk to you a little bit about, about what that looks like, what it looks like to be a community of transformation, a community that's so empowered by and connected with the spirit of the living God, that everywhere that we go, everywhere that you go, transformation is happening. And, and so we don't want to just build a community, uh, but we want to build something that we have a cause behind, and our cause is to make Jesus famous. We want Jesus to be known in, in every sphere uh, of life, in every place we have influence, Everywhere that we go, we want Jesus to be, to be known. Because otherwise, we're just a crowd, right? We can come together, but if we don't have something central that we are forming our, our lives around and forming our community around, all we've done is we've, 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 we've brought a bunch of people together. But for what? And I believe that Acts in this season is speaking to that. For what? Why are we together? Why are we com a community? Why are we a local church in this city and in, these, in this region, in this valley? And so if you'll turn with me to Acts, Acts chapter 2, um, we're going to pick up in, in, in Acts 2. I know we're in like Acts 4, I get it, um, but let's just go back for a second, okay? Because this is, this is the crux of what I want to share with you today. In Acts 2, 42 and 47, it's, it's talking about, in, in Acts 2, you know it's the story of uh, of the disciples and the followers of Jesus in the upper room. And they were told by Jesus to wait upon the spirit being poured out upon them. And, that, and he said, you would be filled with power from on high to be able to be my witnesses throughout this region and to the uttermost parts of the earth. And so they waited on that promise of the spirit to, to fall on them. And, and then after that happened, they had this amazing awakening and people came to follow Jesus and their, their numbers grew by thousands of people and they were still meeting together and joining together. And, and it says in Acts 2.42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe. I want you to make note of that word. That's going to be one of our key words this morning. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All of the believers were together all of the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day, 
they continued to meet together. There's that word again. If you circle together in this paragraph, you're going to circle it three different times where they're talking about being together in the temple courts. And they broke bread in their homes, and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily, those who were being saved. So you have this radical group of transformative people, this transformative community, empowered by the Spirit, and they were together. They were together. They were together. They were gathering together in large numbers. They were gathering together in homes. They were sharing together in their resources. The power of that unity was something that was causing them to walk in the favor of the people that were around them, and, and people were coming to know Jesus every day. That's what we want to have happening here as well, is that we want to be so together in our hearts and so together in what we're doing that people are coming to know Jesus. And so we have this model in Acts. And, and you have this, these, these, this little bit of time. Now, this has only been a few weeks since Jesus was crucified, a few weeks since Jesus went into heaven. And then as they had this season where everybody was with them and, 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 and even the surrounding culture was like, hey, these people are all right. They had the favor of all the people, but that persecution began to happen shortly after this took place. And I believe that's because the one thing that the enemy fears on earth is a unified community of believers who are moving together, who are moving together in the power of the Spirit. And so that's what being a transformational community for us looks like. And that's why it's our theme for Acts. And so we're not reading Acts, and I'll remind you of this throughout. We're not reading Acts as a, as a cool historical document to tell us about what happened. We're reading Acts as a blueprint. We're eating, we're, we're reading Acts as a, see, I looked over there and said eating. I can't look over there. Uh, we're reading Acts as a blueprint. We're reading it as a parallel to our lives, and we're reading it as an invitation of what God is still doing on the earth today with people who will set themselves apart and be hungry for his presence and be hungry to make him known. And so that's what Acts is doing. It's calling us out of our individuality. It's calling us out of our independence. And, and, and maybe even for some of us, it's calling us out of a season of isolation. And we are going to come together around Jesus. He is the one, listen to me when I say this, he is the one who is greater than anything that divides us. And so too often recently, I will say this to you with a pastor's heart, too often we are being known for what divides us as a church as opposed to what brings us together. And, it's, and I'm not saying that we shouldn't have opinions, we shouldn't have thoughts, we shouldn't have unctions about what God is doing, we shouldn't stand on those things, we absolutely should. But if we are going to be known for something, let's not be known in this time as a, as a, as a people divide. Let's be known for who brings us together and what brings us together and what keeps us together, and that is Jesus. And this is the quality and the sustainability of the reformation that's happening in us as a local church, but the quality and the sustainability of what God is doing in the global church is that there is a season of reformation, but it will be defined by what we are reformed around. And as long as we choose to be reformed around Jesus and nothing else, then this reformation that's taking place is going to change the world. It's going to change our lives. It's going to change the cities that we are a part of. And that is our prayer. Is that as we reform after this 2020 that was so challenging, that we would be called together by Jesus and for Jesus. And that's our, that's our continued prayer. And so what I read to you in Acts 2, I wanted to read that to you because there's a parallel of that, of that event 
in Acts 4. So come with me to the middle part of Acts 4. And now we're caught up with where we're supposed to be. Verse 23. So Kim talked about this. Peter and John, they, they healed the man. They were thrown into prison. They were released from prison. They were brought before the religious leaders of the day. And it says this, on their release, Peter and John went back to their people and they reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. This is verse 24 of chapter four. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, David. And then they reference a verse from Psalm 2 that David wrote, King David wrote, why do the nations rage and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one, against Jesus. And I love that David even saw prophetically that even with all of them putting all of their efforts together, it was in vain in opposition to Jesus. And then they went on to say this in verse 27 of Acts 4. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in the city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Acts 29, or Acts 4, 29. And they said this, Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your good news of Jesus with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. So they had been shaken. They had been confronted. They had been, some of their leaders had been arrested and thrown into prison and they had been told over and over and over, don't preach Jesus anymore. Don't preach Jesus anymore. Don't preach Jesus anymore. And they were shaken. They were being pulled apart. But as they reformed, as they came back together after these events, they set their hearts on God. And they came back together around prayer and around presence. And their, and their prayer was this, God, consider the threats. And the, but their request was this, enable your servants to speak your good news, your word with great boldness. This is what they needed. When culture was confronting them, they didn't say, oh, show us how to overcome them. Show us how to defeat them. Show us how to avoid them. They said, show us how to speak your truth to them with great boldness. Oh, that that would be our prayer when we are confronted by culture that we wouldn't get irate. We wouldn't get angry. We wouldn't get despondent. We wouldn't get hopeless. We would say, God, let me sit in your presence. Let me pray until your boldness fills me to speak your truth to those who are opposing me. I don't have enemies. I have people that I am reaching with your truth, with your boldness resting upon me by the spirit of the living God. That's their prayer that they had. Stretch out and your hand and heal and perform signs and wonders. Is this our prayer? Is this our prayer? What is gonna be the thing that awakens a culture around us to the reality of Jesus Christ? It's not gonna be any of the things that we can sustain in our human effort. It's gonna be unexplainable things that God does through the name of Jesus that people look at and they're unmistakable miracles that are gonna wake people up to the reality of his kingdom and the truth of his gospel. And that has to be our heart's cry at the basis. When we face this confrontation, when we face this conflict, that we would be gathered around prayer and presence saying, God, we seek you first to have boldness and signs and wonders and miracles that would be unmistakable as we reach outward instead of receding inward. And so... 
They go on in verse 31. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. So this is just the Spirit being poured out again and again and again. And sometimes we reduce Acts 2 to this one-time thing, or a spirit-filled living, to this one-time moment, that one time, that that, that time, that thing that happened to me. No, the reality of our lives is that when we receive Jesus, we are filled with his spirit and we are positioned to be people who can then pursue and pursue and pursue more and more and more and more of God's spirit resting upon us. And this is what they encountered. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. And what happened? And then they spoke the truth of Jesus. They spoke the word of God boldly. Come on. And the result of this fresh encounter, the result of this conflict that they had been through, thrown into prison, told they can't preach Jesus, praying to God for more of his presence and for more boldness. Check this out as it it parallels Acts 2. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had with great power. The apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there was no needy person among them. Uh, For from time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them and bought the money from the sales and they put it at the apostles' feet and it was just distributed to anyone who had need. This is supernatural, transformative community that is being born out of encounters with the spirit of the living God. It's being born out of confrontation. It's being poor, born out of being pushed backwards and said, you can't do this anymore. And as they were pushed backwards, as they tried to, as they were fighting against being fragmented, they had this opportunity to come back together around the greater thing, which was Jesus asking God for boldness and sharing what they had, believing that they were part of a moment that was shifting history. And then we see that in Acts 2, we see it again in Acts 4, that the early church was walking with this spirit-filled boldness. They were supernaturally empowered. They had supernaturally empowered voices to proclaim the good news of Jesus to the culture around them in a way that the culture around them would hear it. We have to stop speaking to people the way that we think we hear it or the way we want them to hear it. And we need to be filled with the Spirit to be able to discern and then release a supernatural empowered voice that the people around us can hear the good news of Jesus. And that's how we live a Spirit-filled life, a transformative community of people. (laughs) So... They served one another, they were united, they laid down their lives, they they laid down their possessions, they laid down their time, they were breaking that convenient model of life where their comforts and their rights were, were, they were no longer the most important thing, but the most important thing was Jesus and coming together. And so they were detaching from, maybe from that selfishness that you or I can feel some sometimes. And they were learning to live for others and to reach out of their defined circles. And, and, and God's spirit was pushing them to reach and see people differently than maybe they did before. And so that's what I believe a transformative community looks like and what God is calling us as living waters, as a local expression of, of the body of Christ, what calling living waters to look like and, and that we would have that, that, that sense of purpose, that we would have that sense of belonging, that we would have this sense of the timing of God is now and that we're not always in a holding pattern and always waiting, but we can be looking with that reality that said, surely the goodness of God, well, we will see his goodness in the land of the living. Surely we're gonna see the things that God is doing 
right here and right now, that we would be people who rally around that. So let me pull a couple things out of Acts chapter 4 for you as simply to challenge our hearts this morning as we do a couple things that I think are really important for us as a family today. One thing I want you to see this is, is and, I'm, and I'm repeating myself a little bit, but I want you to, to not miss this. Spirit-filled community, it tears down the differences and the walls that we have around our life, and it draws us together. In Acts 2.44, it said all the people were together. In Acts 4.32, all of the people were together of one heart and one mind. And this is why I take, for me and for Kate and I, we take an immense amount of joy in looking around this room, of looking around this body and seeing people who have chosen to step out of comfort zones, chosen to step out from behind walls and defenses and chosen to say, I don't want to be known by what divides us. As I was saying earlier, I want to come out of those things because yes, while these things are maybe valuable, what is, what is invaluable is our connection around Jesus and our ability to function together as a community that is called to go. And so I look around this room and I see people of different, uh, uh, beliefs about the political stuff. I see people with different beliefs about all the COVID stuff. I see people with different beliefs about what, what a, what a, uh, how a house should be run or how a family should be led or, or, or what a spiritual journey looks like in pursuing Jesus. And I see us all with all of these differences that are something, but they don't amount to anything that would ever build a wall that would divide us because we choose to step out of that and come together for the greater cause and for the greater reality of Jesus. And I believe that that is what sets us up as a people for a fresh and ongoing outpouring of the Spirit of God upon us, that we would, like the early believers, that while there's so many differences that we have, we say around Jesus, we will gather and we will make him the center and the focus. And that sets us up to be a people who are living in the, in the ongoing outpouring of the Holy Spirit of God. And so my question to you is this, do you have a community around your life where you can meet with other believers and allow the walls of your life to come down? That's the question that Acts is asking us. That's the question that we're looking at in this community of believers. Do we have something, do we have a community around our life where we can meet with other believers and the walls that we build up, the, the opinions that we build up, the things that we build around our life, that those come down when we begin to connect over the life and truth of Jesus and his living word and what it's teaching us or speaking to us or challenging us into. And so that's something I want you to reflect on what it would look like in your life for you to be meeting with people who maybe have different perspectives on things than you, but you don't look and meet in contention. You actually meet in adoration of Jesus and you're able to refine one another as iron sharpens iron into a deeper revelation of who Jesus is and what he's doing in this day and age. Second thing I want you to see there is in spirit-filled community, me and my disappear. Me and my disappear. So the, the early believers, they shared everything they had for the greater good and to care for others. They sold their possessions. They gave the proceeds to those in need. They lived in radical generosity and risk. I'm not gonna ask you to sell your house today and bring me the money. That's not what this is about. It is about a mindset of radical generosity and risk that they would say, we, we are trusting in God. He is doing such an incredible work right now in, in human history that we feel we are 
part of it, and we want to release what we have, that work could continue, that the thing that God is doing could continue. And, and, and the, the reality is that there is, for them, it wasn't just a theoretical thing. There was a cost in living this way. They, they really did go and sell their houses and sell their possessions. And, and for us, if we want to live in that kind of radical generosity and that radical going, there's going to be a cost that comes with it to our lives, that, that me and my disappears as we say, God, here is what I have, and I'm giving it to you. I am placing it before you. Look, God is not looking for your abilities. He is looking for your availability, right? And so we so often disqualify ourselves because we go, oh, well, God will use me if I'm really good at this or really good at this or really good at that. But actually, what he's looking for is a people who will simply say, all that I am and all that I have, I lay before you, and you, it belongs to you, and you have access to it and you will lead me in how to use this and how to sow into what you're doing. That is a lifestyle of risk and faith that we want to celebrate. And this morning we're going to do that because there's a family I believe in our house, in our, in our midst that exemplifies that lifestyle. And we want to honor them and we want to pray over them today because they're living what we're talking about in Acts 2 and Acts 4 where they are laying down what is comfortable, they're laying down what is familiar, they're laying down what is me and mine, and they're, and they're saying, God, where will you have us go, and what would you have us do? So would you join me in, in just welcoming uh, CJ and Lindsay McPhail up here, and you can bring your boys if they're back there, and um, some of you know, some of you don't know that God has led them to move their family for, uh, to South Carolina, and um, and just to trust him with their business and with what God's doing and with their family and with their boys. And so if, if anybody on our team is here, and Garrison Jan, would you, we'd love to have you come up here and join us. And uh, we, we just want to surround you guys. Um, CJ and Lindsay are first and foremost just amazing friends over the last 20 years to Kate and I. Um, and, uh, and so we love them as friends. They're also ministry partners. And and, and the reason I say that is because they understand the reality of the kingdom isn't about a position on a church or, or some authority that's given to you by man. It's really the anointing of God on your life. And they've understood that and they've modeled that for us in a powerful way that says everywhere we go, anything that we do, anything we put our hands to, we're believing that we are making Jesus known and we're advancing the kingdom. And so that's why I have great joy and great anticipation that what God is doing and leading them into is gonna be so fruitful for them as a family, but also fruitful for the kingdom and for the purposes of God. And so they've walked with us. CJ was on our leadership council and helped us through so many things and make powerful decisions. But more than that today, we simply wanted to show you a family who is living in that Acts 2 and Acts 4 generosity where they're putting their lives before God with open hands and trusting him to say, God, whatever you use, wherever you send us, whatever you want us to do, we're in. And that's what they're doing. So would you guys stand with me and just in honor of this family and extend your hands and hearts to them as we gather around and we just wanna pray for them. And I have the mic, it's the only mic up here. So if you guys have something you wanna share or pray over them, please reach for the mic. Yeah, so, so just join us as we, as we bless this family. God, we thank you first for radical generosity, for lives laid down, Lovers of Jesus who lay down their lives and trust you even when things feel crazy and overwhelming and out of their control that they're trusting you. And I thank you that the picture that I have of this family as they step out is that open-handedness 
that they would let go of comfort, comfort, they'd let go of me and mine and ours, and they would just live in that place of saying, God, where you call us to go, we will go, and what you ask us to do, we will do. And even if it doesn't make sense, that's what faith looks like. And so we bless you and we honor you as your family, as your friends. We are with you, we are behind you, and we are celebrating you. Not that you're gonna go and find some destination, but because you're living from the overflow of that reality of who Jesus is and what he is to you. And so we bless your family, your relationships, your boys, your future, open doors, blessing, and honor would go before you guys. It would just be a pavement that runs before you in every step that you take. Yeah, I just, I um, agree. And just as you leave in a few days, we're, you know, we're, we're, we won't think about that right now. But um, I feel like the celebration, like in the midst of like the cost when we say yes, you know, sometimes we say yes and we're like, yeah, this is great. And then there's the cost. And we, we recognize that cost and we trust the Father in the midst of this. But um, I feel like the celebration of heaven. And so we just partner with heaven. And as you head out, that you would feel the celebration from this community, from this valley, that you would even feel like the mountains are trembling in celebration as you guys head out. And that you would know, like, we are loved here. Like, you guys have made a, a huge deposit into this community, into this valley, into all the things that you guys have your hands and your dreams in. But we, we release you and then we celebrate you fully that you would just hear the applause of heaven, like, oh, they're going, they're going, and we are with you. And so we just believe in you. We believe in your boys and what this, um, this moment and what this move is for their futures and their, um, their legacy. And so we just believe in the, the, whole th the whole thing that is happening. So we just bless you. So early this morning, I as I was praying for you guys, <clears throat> I just was reminded that um, our whole life is either we're on a journey or we're arriving. And then it seems like we start on another journey. And so you guys are on a journey and the Kinsman Redeemer wants to remind you that he has the right to shoulder every care and every burden. But not only does he have the right, he wants to. And so I bless you with experiencing what it is to walk with him and to learn how to live in the unforced rhythms of his grace. You two remember that word about the iPod that had the sale on it? Okay. I'm just listening to all these wonderful words and Ryan preaching about the day of Pentecost. And I heard the Lord say another word on top of that iPod word with the sale on it. Now the Lord is going to empower the sale. You guys have packed it up. And this move is going to be empowered by him, not by your strength, not by your wisdom, not by your intellect. You're going to arrive in a place that's been prepared. And the wind of the spirit is going to move you across the nation to that place. All right? Awesome. Thank you, Jesus. We bless you guys. We love you guys. Amen. 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 Yeah, let's celebrate them. Let's champion them, you guys. So the question I have for you just to encourage you guys is this. Do you have a community 
where you are challenged to give the best of what you are, the best of what you have, to see the best come out in others? Is that teaching? Is that time? Is that resources? Is that comfort? Is it, is it your future plans? But what I want us to see in the McPhails, what I want us to see in Acts 2 and Acts 4 and all throughout Acts, is I want us to recognize that we can be a part of a community that celebrates and challenges us to give the best of who we are and what we have to see the best come alive in this community, in the cities around us, in people around us, and that we would be a part of a community that champions that and celebrates not that, not accumulation, but truly that radical, transformative generosity, even with our lives, that we would say, it is not my ability, it is my availability. It's not what's in my bank account. It is what I put before God that he can bless and multiply greatly for his purposes. And so I want us to be that kind of community. And then the the, one other thing I want to share with you as we are here for the four-year celebration of moving into this building. So I'm going to hold these in case they, they blow away. In spirit-filled community, we live with a sense of awe and wonder. That's what we see in chapter 2 and in chapter 4, is that as the miracles unfolded, as the reality of the Spirit was poured out, as the things that were happening around them, is that the early church, the early believers, they never lost that awe and wonder at what God was doing, that God is up to something greater than what we can see and what we can comprehend. And the moment that we lose that, we begin to live without awe and wonder and celebration and expectation of the miracles that are taking place around us and that God is doing. If you find yourself in a community of people who have lost the ability to celebrate and share the testimony and celebrate with awe and wonder the things that God has done, the things that God is doing, the things that God will do. You need to be the spark within that community to bring back the awe, to bring back the wonder and say, wait, we are here for Jesus and he is up to something. It was awe and wonder that brought them together. And when they had that sense of they were a part of something bigger, they were willing to lay down their resources and their lives and place them before God to be able to move in the fullness of what God was doing. And that is why we are celebrating, still celebrating the miracle of being here in this building or in this property, I should say, for four years. So today is our four-year celebration. Kim is super, uh, yeah, woo. Kim is... Kim is slightly annoyed because it, if we had done it next Sunday, it would have been a little bit closer to the actual date that we moved into the building. But I'm like, we're within a, we're within a couple days either way, but we wanted to put this together for us as a community to be able to simply say in awe and wonder that God has done an incredible work to bring us to this place and to bring us here as a family. And, I, and I'll tell you as a testimony, I want to tell you the story. I'll tell it to you quickly, but I want to tell you this story so that we can all enjoy this together. So it was years and years and years ago, 15 plus years ago, that Kate and I um, moved into a house over on Holly Street. And so we had been on Garrison Jan's team since 2000. We had joined in 2000 and 2001 when we got married. We had joined 
uh, Garrison Jan's team, and we lived in some different apartments, and then we finally bought a house, and, uh, and so we would drive back and forth to Robert Street, and we would drive back and forth to, the, to our Holly Street house, and, and God began to put a vision on our heart for a, a church in the city of Medford, in the downtown district of Medford, and so we would drive by uh, old Fat City, and we would drive by Remix. Uh, you guys remember? I know you nodding. Yeah, you know if you know Fat City, man, you got some stories. So, um, so that old brick building that everybody always says, "Oh, we should buy that building." Well. We've been praying for that building for years and years and years. Every time we drive by, we'd say, God, we see a church in the heart of this city. We see a church in the heart of the city. You're doing something. We didn't understand and we didn't know at the time that he was collecting all of those prayers and all of those dreams and he had something better for us. But that's the way that God works is that he hears your heart, he hears your prayers, he collects them and then often he delivers them but he gives you something better. And so that prayer for a church in the heart of the city. Years later when Garrison Jen came to us and they had so powerful powerfully stewarded this, this community of believers. And they came to, get, to Kate and I and they asked us and said, God's put it on our heart for you guys to take the senior leadership of this church in a few years. And, and we began to pray about that and we had this dream of a, of a church in the city. We were like, God, how are you gonna do this? And so as we said yes to Garrison Jan, we stepped into that. We asked him, would it be okay? Would it be okay if we took the resources? There were seven acres up on Roberts Road that were up there where the church was before and about 4,000 square feet of room and seven acres and I think four and a half acres of it were empty and then there were some houses up there that were sinking into the ground because it was a terrible uh, situation with no foundation. And so we asked Garrison Jan, if we take the church, is it okay if, if God leads us to go away from this property or to do something different than maybe what you guys have prayed into it, would that be okay? Because we wanted to honor them. We don't wanna just take and go, we're gonna do what we want with it. And, and in that connection point, one of the most powerful moments of leadership transition that I will ever experience in my life was them saying to us, as we are not giving you this church, we're not giving you these people to just, to just maintain our vision. You are able to believe and to dream and we empower you to create and to work with Holy Spirit into what God's calling you to do. And that gave us the freedom to be able to say, okay, God, what is it you want us to do? So, at that time, Medford was opened up there, expanded their boundaries to be able to change your urban, the urban renewal movement was happening. They were taking big chunks of property. As Kate and I became the leaders, we changed the, the, the property designation from single family to multiple family. And we went through that whole process. Corey McQueen helped us a ton. He, get, he volunteered his time for almost a year to make that happen. And we were able to switch, which increased our property value. And then uh, Jarek, Jarek uh, was, oh, come on. He was working with um, Jackson County Housing Authority at the time and they were buying property and Jarek came to me and he, and he heard that we had, re, we had done the urban renewal thing and we had changed the, the designation of our property and, and said the, the housing authority might wanna purchase the property. And, and I said, I don't think we can sell the whole thing. We would like to just sell the three and a half acres that are empty. And he, and he said, well, maybe we'll just write up an offer for the whole thing. And I was like, if I sell the whole thing, if I sell all seven acres, I don't know where we're gonna have church, but I do know in our hearts is a dream to have a church in the city. And so we began to look, and we'd already been looking at every building, every vacant building, every place that there was in the city. We toured it and we looked at it and we always came back with the things. And if you, for those that have heard this story, you know this, there's no parking, there's no lighting, everything is street parking and everything is like those buildings up on Roberts Road. Everything is sort of sinking into the ground uh, down, downtown. No offense to downtown Medford, but the infrastructure is a little wonky. Um, 
And so we kept looking at these buildings, and I go, I can't, we, I can't do it, we can't do it, we can't do it, we need a place. And there was, a, and so uh, I actually, the week that I got a, a full offer from Jackson County Housing Authority, working with Jarek, um, for 1.7 million for our seven acres that were up there. Uh, someone came up to me after church, and they said, hey, how's the, How's the property thing going? I know you guys went through that whole process with the city and, and got it rezoned. And, and what, what are you doing with it now? And I was like, oh, interestingly enough, we just got an offer for the whole thing. Somebody wants to buy the whole thing. And he was like, well, are you going to sell the whole thing? And I was like, I can't sell the whole thing. We would have nowhere to have. Where would we have church? We need a building that is big enough for us to all be in. We need a building that has parking. We need a building that's safe. But we want a building that's downtown. And I told the guy, I was like, we've looked at everything. There's nothing. Nothing there. That's God. This is how God works. He waits for you to get to the point where you're like, there's nothing there. And so we, he, he said, he put his hands on his, I remember, he put his hand on the po- in his pocket and he said, I have the keys in my pocket to a building that belongs to a friend of mine downtown. I think it might be perfect for what you guys are looking for. And I was like, no, no, man, we've looked, you don't understand. We've looked at every building. There's no building that we haven't looked at. Well, there was a building that we hadn't looked at. And it happened to be this building, this former Lithia property that they had owned and, and, and it had been purchased by someone else. And we came down here that day we, we, with, with Lois and we came down, we looked through this building and we stood out front at the parking lot afterwards and, and Kate and I knew in that moment that all of those years and years of praying and waiting on God and tuning our heart and our ears to be able to know when he said, go, this is the right thing, that we had found the property for this church. And so we were able to purchase this property with this parking lot and that parking lot and the next parking lot over with all of these lights where they used to just light it up to show cars. It's like, couldn't be a more bright parking lot. I know I keep talking about the parking lot, but we bought this building, 40,000 square feet, with this weird building, that, or this room that sat off the front with windows all the way around it that was in a circle, which was one of the heart things that we had was that we wanted a, a building where we could worship in the round and we wouldn't be staring at a stage, but that we would be worshiping together as a people that's still in our DNA, even though we're doing this for a little while, but it had that building or that room where we could meet and we could worship together and just incredible reality and we're like, oh my gosh, how are we gonna afford this building? We have an offer for 1.7. How much for this building? 1.25 million. I know my friend, he'll sell it to you for 1.25 million. Are you kidding me? So the rest is history. We just, we were able to move forward. It's not all history. Jarek and I could tell you stories about how close we came to losing this deal multiple times just on timing and signatures. And you guys know how property stuff works, but God was faithful and he brought us here. And so it was four years ago in June that we moved as a family. We sold the Roberts Road building to Jackson County Housing Authority. We moved down here and God has been pouring out and loving on us and empowering us and leading us and bringing new people to join us ever since. And so that's why we love to throw a party, we love to celebrate, and we love to share the testimony of the miracle of provision because if he's done it for us, he's done it for this house, he's doing it for you, and he's doing it in places where it is completely unexpected and where you have looked at every dead end and said, God, I've checked everywhere, there's nothing, and he has something better for you. Wait on him and you will see him do great things. And so we wanna be a community of people who celebrate the testimony and live in awe and wonder wonder at what God's done. And this day represents that for this house. And do you have a community around your life where you are able to celebrate in awe and wonder and be reminded of the good things that Jesus is doing in and around your life?
And so here's what I want to do now. As we wrap up, I'm going to come back up. I'm going to get the microphone back, and, and I'm going to share with you a little bit about the food trucks and about the tables. But I wanted to first just honor Garrison Jan as part of the legacy and part of the story. But I asked them this morning if they would come as we close out this time of celebrating four years in this building, is if they would just take a couple minutes and bless us and, and speak a word over us and pray for us as we close this time. So Garrison Jan, would you guys give Garrison Jan a hand? Good morning, church. This is the way to do church. Forget that indoor stuff. Uh, Ryan texted me and said, I want you to, you guys to say something here at this part of the service for just a couple moments. And immediately when I read that text, I heard two words, rebuild and restore. And uh, I prayed on him for a, all night. And then this morning I did a little study on that. And I, I never really knew what the word, the word, the two letters RE meant, like restore, resource. What does that prefix mean? And it means back. It means again to return to something, to resource something, to rebuild something, to restore something. And I felt that that was a word for the house here, that this has been one uh, hell of a year. Because <laughs> there's been a lot of hell in this year. But I believe that uh, this is all a setup because we believe that this is a reset that's taking place right now, not just for the culture, but for the church. And because of that, you're in the midst of a reset that's going to do two profound things. It's going to go back. It's going to, again, do something of a rebuilding and a restoring. And I took that study a little farther, and the rebuilding means this, building, like rebuild. The word build there means to take a group of composite materials and bring them into a unified whole. And the second one, the restoring part of that word, means that God is going to restore house his church. This year, that veneer that's allowed us to live in some form of uh, distance from each other and from culture has become so thin that a lot of things have rose to the surface. A lot of cultural sorrow, a lot of spiritual sorrow, a lot of things that cause us to wonder, uh, do we have relationships that are intact? And in that thinning of that veneer, things have come up not to show us that we're broken and weak, though that's true in many cases, but to show us what God is going to do, what he's actually going to rebuild, and what he's actually going to restore. And I believe that this house has the heart for that. Jan and I have been on a, a year of deep sabbatical, really sequestered with the Lord. A lot of the things that have been familiar with us now have been removed so that we could be on the wall. And the Lord says, I want you on the wall, but I don't want you to watch for the enemy. I want you to watch for me. And that changes the assignment of what God wants to do in the church. And I believe the house here, Living Waters, has that heartbeat to watch the coming of the Lord. Anybody can pretty much see the enemy. He's not hard to see, but it's challenging to see the Lord. You are being restored and being rebuilt into something that none of us can imagine yet, but in the end, it'll be used by God for profound works. So for this last month, I've been in <clears throat> soaking in Isaiah 48, and uh, when Ryan asked if we would 
come and speak a blessing and pray over you. I have to just speak this because this is what I've been in. And um, I know it's for us this morning. So out of Isaiah 48, in the name of Jesus Christ, may your spirit be filled with his fullness. He invites you, draw near to me and listen. I am the one who teaches you how to succeed by leading you step by step in the way you should go. Listen to me and peace will flow like a river for you and success will wash over you like waves of the sea. Success is defined in the context of peace. Your prince of peace, your warring commander, deals with the authority of chaos in order to legislate and govern in peace. And he is training you and empowering you to impart his government of peace upon the earth. Listen to him. I love you. I am the one who called you before you were born. I knew you by name. I take pleasure in giving you purpose and your purpose is my delight. You will be my arm of might in your battles against the forces of darkness, against the spirit of confusion and culture. I will lead you on successful missions. I will lead you on a prosperous path. Your kinsman redeemer called you and you are the called one. It is his great delight to fulfill his purposes in you for your generation. He assures you that he will lead you. He himself oversees his call on your life. He himself guarantees that he will make your way prosper. Lord Jesus, you have all authority and power and I speak in your name. Let the power of your blood speak for each one here listening. May you discover his peace in each cycle and season on your timeline here on earth. May each of you train to deal with the authority of chaos in this world in order to legislate God's peace. May you create an environment of peace, be at peace, carry peace, and decree peace. You and your family will multiply with strength and prosperity, but much more, you are under divine blessing. Come, Prince of Peace, you are rest and stillness, tranquility and quietness, wholeness and completeness. We say yes to you. We partner with you to rebuild the ruins in our family, our neighborhoods, our city, state, and nation so that they can flourish. Just want to pray for you right now. Father, I just raise my hands now over this body of believers that a reset would take place in our hearts and minds today. As Ryan preached the word and shared that we are a people to look to you to get our identity and our marching orders, we ask you to reset our vision, to see you so that we can truly be rebuilt and restored to be usable tools in your kingdom. Let this house flourish, Father. I declare a flourishing over living waters, not because of anything that Ryan has done or Garris has done or anybody else, but because you're in our midst. And Jesus, I pray that you'd rise up in this house so strongly that this would become a beacon in the heart of this city to bring transformation in every heart and every home and every dysfunction that we have. Let it be in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen.
Amen. So good. So today we're here to celebrate supernatural transformative community and the reality of what that looks like and what God's calling us into as a people. And so we thank you, Garrison Jan, for sharing those words and speaking over us and praying over us as we as we wrap up our time together. We're now going to transition. And so here's what we have. We've got food trucks for you guys. We're so excited for you to get to be able to have lunch and hang out a little while. The chairs are available for you to move however you want. And, and I was going to say you could you could get underneath one of the shade things, but the the Clouds have come. Oregon is here. So you guys can just find wherever you want to sit and join with each other and have lunch together and, and do that. Also, community is created by connection. And so as a response to my message this morning, I just want to invite you into new, um, new avenues of connection to living waters. And while Sunday morning isn't the, isn't the center of everything we do, but so much of what we do is, is about building those relationships by being connected together on a Sunday morning. And so we have some tables out and some uh, booths out for you guys for you to be able to hear from different teams and get to know different things that are going on. We've got our, our worship team over there. If you're interested in getting plugged in with the worship team, uh, they're right over there. Production team, the, the team that puts on all of this stuff and does a ton of different things throughout the week from our studio and, and different stuff. They're always looking for people to connect with their team. You can join them. We've got Kingdom Kids over there. Uh, they, all of these little tables have things that they're giving away, so you need to go find out what they have. I believe Kingdom Kids is giving away a gift card to a really fancy restaurant. Hope is over there with first impressions. They've got pineapples to give away. Uh, who do we have? Regen Youth is over there. They've got games and picnic games and fun stuff for you to do. Looks like they probably have candy, I bet. Uh, so go check in over there if you want to help with Regen Youth. Um, we have our drink team, apparently. Uh, Oh yeah, that's right. I'm sorry. I knew that. This is our community groups. One of the best ways for you to get involved is by serving, but a great way also to get involved is by joining a community group and just jumping in with people who are walking with Jesus and have that expectation of that transformative reality of being, being small communities of transformation. So go and check in at the community group booth. They've got the drinks over there and some other things that they want to give away. If you're looking for a place to get to know people at Living Waters and plug in or it's time. And then we've got our leadership council and our financial booth back there. If you're looking to connect in, in, in giving of resources into Living Waters and you're not sure what that looks like or why we never say the word tithe or why we never take offerings, I wrote up some stuff for you guys back there just about the heart uh, on the financial perspective of Living Waters for you guys to grab that. There's also a handout back there for you for um, that tells you who our leadership council is so they can get to know you and you can get to know them and a few other ways for you to, to connect in. And then I think that booth... Actually, I know that booth has, um, has frozen pops, fruit pops, and fudge pops for you guys. So that's one you're going to want to hit after lunch. We have Rogue, Rogue Coffee Exchange, Caba Empanada, Peruvian Point. They're all here to serve you. So love on them. Have a great time. We love you guys. Have a blast. Let's have some lunch together.